represents a spiritual connection between people and God. Hello and welcome to another psychedelic episode of Analytical Fanboys. I am, of course, one of your hosts, Simeon the Vacuumator Scott, and I am joined, as always, by the unbelievable Chris Pointer Ryder Gaston. Chris, how are you doing today? Uh, my mind's a little fuzzy. Yeah, this is mine too, but we'll, we'll, we'll carry on through. We'll put on our, our cellophane glasses and we'll feel a little empty. And we're we're going to talk about King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard, if you couldn't <laughs> tell. Um, this is another Chris thing on the list. And I honestly, I enjoyed this. I don't know if I'm going to have a ton of stuff to say on it. But I, I did enjoy it. But I'm, I'm just going to let Chris take it away and set up what the heck this is. All right, first things first, King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard is a psychedelic new fuzz garage. They do, they experiment with genre a ton, all that kind of stuff, from Australia. They are an independent artist who made their own record label, and they are now, like, rock legends. Hmm. Uh, they're highly prolific and amazing musicians, to the point where last year, 2017, uh, they released five completely totally different albums in one year excellent like the first album is very microtonal very very middle eastern sounding and then their second album is like jazz Hmm. and they do a lot of experimentation with music and everything and this is probably like the true solidification of their psychedelic sound because they made a couple albums before that where it was just more garage rock or western influenced rock like uh, sergio leone uh style rock sound so uh, uh i'm sorry were you done uh i'm trying to i can't remember what number album it is so i'm trying to get it up on wikipedia my internet's being an asshole yeah you're you're uh well hey it ties in with the album you're fuzzing out quite a bit right now <laughs> yep yep <sighs> I've got the album up on Genius right now, but this is surprisingly the first album I've ever looked at on Genius where there's not a lot of notes. There's not descriptions for the songs or anything. It's just yeah, like every and that's surprising. Song or so. And that's surprising, especially because this is an album in the Gizverse, hmm. which um, you know how some bands have like songs or albums that are about a story, like how the Who had Tommy. Oh, I was just gonna say, Coheed and Cambria is always my go-to because they have yeah, Coheed and Cambria. I think every album they've done is part of a huge sci-fi epic, epic, isn't it? Yeah, um, King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizards is kind of similar, but uh, while Coheed and Cambria is like a sci-fi space opera, King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard is a psychedelic, spacey, surrealist piece. Huh. Um, to the point where there is no definitive story that anybody can figure out, but there are motifs and concepts that are kind of constant, uh, including, uh, transhumanism is a thing. 
but that's often used as joke fodder. Like there's an entire song about a robot who wishes to be human again. And the way the robot conceives humanity is someone who consumes. So he builds himself to be able to eat, but then he eats to the point of throwing up and then he throws up infinitely destroying the universe. As you do. Yeah, that's an entire song. <laughs> that's the kind of stuff they come. Uh, they have. They have an entire song that's just basically one word, Rattlesnake. Yeah, see, like, I listened to this whole album. The album we're talking about tonight is I'm In Your Mind Fuzz. Um, I listened to this whole album, and like I said, I liked it. But I still don't feel like I have this band really p- pinned down. Like, you're telling me all this stuff about them, and I'm like, yeah, that fits. It's completely crazy and out there and doesn't exactly go with this album, but yet yeah, it fits for this band. Yeah. Because, like, I'll be honest, going into this, hearing that name and hearing the little, like, I've heard people talk about this band before, and all people ever say when they talk about this band is just like, oh, they're awesome, they're amazing, we love King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. And so just going off of that, the name and the album art for this album, I assumed it was going to be nerd metal. Like, I I was going into this thinking, like, this is going to be something few would ironically put on. Um, And it turned out to be... Um, it, it turned out to have like a real feel of hippie music, like it's modern hippie music, and yeah. I say that in a very nice way because this reminded a big part of why I like this so much. This album reminded me a lot of the stuff my older sister used to play when um I, when she was driving the car. Like my older sister is a big music person. I did I never she never really like introduced me to music a whole lot because we weren't very close but after she got her license and she was like 5 or 6 years older than me so she drove me around a lot and she would just put music on and not explain what it was and it would always just be the weirdest shit <laughs> but it, but it sounded a lot like the kind of stuff that's in this album so I was like oh god this is like being in the car with my sister again this is weirdly nostalgic uh, it was the fifth album. It's the fifth album. Yay! Now, some of their album names are fucking amazing. Like, uh, Murder of the Universe. Uh, Not Again Infinity. Paper Mache Dream Balloon. Uh, Polygon Wonderland. Hmm. Like, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. A lot of fun psychedelic imagery. A lot of just, like, let's just do a thing because we can. Like, the whole point of Microtonal Banana was, hey, let's just completely tear apart our instruments and make them microtonal. Okay, sure, let's do it. And just make an <laughs> album. Yeah. Um, in fact, they have, like, two drummers. I did kind of get that from some of these songs. Yeah. Um, and I think they also have a music fest that they run. I think it's Gizfest. I don't know. But. Also, do a lot of I cool. just realized looking at the info for this album on uh, Genius, 
This album was released on Halloween 2014. We're yeah. listening to this album like a day out from its four-year anniversary. Yep. Neat. But, oof, 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 oof. I'm burpy. A lot of it, the, the way I kind of like to describe it is it's very D&D. Mm. Like, a lot of this imagery reminds me of, like, playing the weird, surreal D&D adventures that I like to play. Less Tolkien and more, you're fighting a dragon, but you're wearing a pair of slippers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, now we've kind of, kind of set up the tone for the album and talked a bit about the band themselves. Uh, do you want to just start breaking down some tracks? Yeah, let's go bit by bit. The first track is I'm in your mind. Um, which is basically just kind of about, a, a it's a song about an old conspiracy theory about the government trying to control people through tap water. Yeah. Which is a really weird premise, and it sounds like it's going to be a song that's really up its own ass and you'd hate. But the, but the lyrics are just so ambivalent, I want to say, and fun. And, and the riffs are, are, um, are, it's just really light and fun. Um, but at the same time, high energy. This is a, it's a really interesting opening track. Yeah, they got a great feel for uh, riffs and flavor. Like it's very, it's it, it like it's very garage, very psychedelic, very very blues heavy. In fact, so, uh, one of the later songs super reminded me of like Eric Clapton. It's great. Huh. I haven't listened to a lot of Eric Clapton, so you'll have to explain that when we get to it. Yeah. Um. This is, a lot of their lyrics are very sardonic, a little ironic, uh, very, very like, like you, like you said, they're fun because they're jokey. Like they're not taking something seriously. Like this, it was. It took me a minute to get into it because this isn't like a normal album where it's like we're making songs and we're saying them out and we're loosely tying them all together so we can release them together in this album. It's more like they were all just kind of screwing around on their instruments and then slowly it formed into a song and then they wrote lyrics to go on top of it to make it work. Yeah, and that's a, that's the thing with a lot of psychedelic bands because they, uh, they're they heavily related to the jam band scene, like Fish, uh, Dave Matthews Band, where there's just large sections where you just jam, improvise uh, leads and stuff like that. So this has a lot of that kind of flavor, even though, if I remember right, there weren't that many leads. No, I, fuck me, there were plenty of leads. There were a lot of leads. <laughs> the, the leads just flow so effortlessly into the riffs that you kind of forget that they're there. They're just so... It's not like all of a sudden, like, oh, here's a lead. It's more of like, it just feels naturally part of the, the song. Yeah, it just it's kind of like when you start thinking of this song, the first thing you start doing is just kind of humming when I'm in your mind. Because it's, it's just them like singing that at the exact tone the guitars are going. Yeah, like one of my favorite riffs 
a lot of the riff is in the guitar, but a lot of it's just them going over top oh, yeah. of it. We'll, we'll get to that. That's a that's a good one. Oh yeah. Um, but uh, the next the next song is uh, "I'm Not in Your Mind," which is basically just part two of this, and it's all instrumental. Yeah. And it's, it's it's it works as an extension of that track. It's one of those one like all of this album kind of just each the ending of each song is kind of just the beginning of the next one, so it all flows together. Um it's a very, very it's an album you should listen to on vinyl so you don't get weird digital stops and stuff like that. Yeah, but this is like the one track I would say like does not work on its own at all. You need to listen to I'm in your mind before you listen to I'm not in your mind. Oh yeah. And I mean it's even the same bass riff. Yeah. Cause it has that gallop to it, which mm-hmm. I love their gallop, they're fun. But uh yeah, I, that's kind of all there is to say. So let's move on to Cellophane, one of the one of like the breakout tracks of this album. I'd say it has its own video, which there's a couple different videos for this album. This is the best video on the album, in my opinion. And oh, yeah. the it's just an insanely fun song that is nothing but like having fun with the way people initially reacted to Freedy albums. Or to to 3D movies, yeah. And it's just I don't a lot of. Like, I don't mean like modern 3D movies. I mean 3D movies back when they first came into play in like the 40s and 50s. Yep, yep. Cellophane. Like so strange. Yeah, that's there's like so many verses and choruses, but it's all the same thing. Yeah, you can watch your movies in 3Ds. It's so strange. Cellophane, cellophane, cellophane. You can color everything you see. It's so strange with cellophane. Yeah, even the music videos in 3D. Yeah. I was tempted to try and dig out some 3D glasses because I know I've got some somewhere, but I didn't know if they'd actually work. Also, that harmonica, man. Mm-hmm. It really adds like a nice layer to it, a nice melody. Yeah, and, it, uh, it, and it comes out of nowhere, but it feels so right. Oh, yeah. Like it's this is the thing they can turn one word into a catchy hook and it's ridiculous and I hate them for it. Yeah, it's like it's a big this, part of the appeal of this band. In this one song, they make you remember cellophane and the word do, and that's it. Because mm-hmm. like I was talking earlier about like these weird ephemeral hippie songs my sister would put on in the car all the time. And, like, there's this one song that is always stuck in my head. Never been able to find it again. But the hook from that is literally just the two singers going, ay 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 ah, uh-oh. That always just pops into my head at the most random times. I haven't heard the song in, like, eight years. I, You know what? Don't quote me on this. That sounds like it'd be something on a Grateful Dead album. Hmm. possible i i don't i don't know because i i never got names of songs or bands from my sister it was just kind of like okay this is on now (laughs) yeah Uh, 
But yeah, we're blowing through these pretty fast. You want to go ahead and just move into I'm in your mind fuzz? Yep, the title track. Mm -hmm. Which is kind of just a... Um, I'm not sure if this is the right word, but I want to say it's a reframe of the first two tracks. They use a lot of motif mm-hmm. throughout a lot of their albums. Uh, they they repeatedly use elements. And it kind of gives their whole body of work a very cohesive feel. But yeah. it does make it a little hard to distinguish unless you just become a fan and you just follow it. Definitely. And it is kind of like the third part to I'm... I'm in your mind, I'm not in your mind, I'm in your mind, fuzz. It kind of completes the sentence. Like, I'm not in your mind, but I'm on the periphery, I'm on the fuzzy side of it. Yeah. And, and also just having the vocal uh, distortion adds to it, and it's just very interesting. It's a lot of like whirling motion and just a lot of interesting things in the music. Yeah, it's it's good, but not as good as the next track, which is my favorite track on the album, Empty. Yeah. I I fucking love this track and I have this is the one that I've kept coming back to since I cuz I listened to this for the first time like a week ago. I I have put on the video for this song like a bunch of times cuz it just feels it feels like something straight out of the 60s. It's a really fun, light, kind of hippie-ish sounding song that has lyrics that are like vaguely relatable and will always be vaguely relatable. Yeah. And it breathes very well because the last good, like the first part of this album, it's very, very riff heavy. It's very, very chuggy and da 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 da, that kind yeah. of stuff. But like this one is just like breathes. It's very ethereal, very airy. Yeah, a lot of that is helped out by I could be wrong, but I think this is the only track on the album that majorly uses a flute. Like I know the flute pops up a few other times in the album, but this is the only one where it's there all the way through. And it's oh yeah. It, it feels so it feels so light and airy because of that. It's really nice. Yeah, also the synth pads add a lot to it too. Mm-hmm. Just the, the And I mean, you know me, I'm a big synth guy. Yeah. And this is probably their most lyrically dense song of the album. Yeah. There's a lot there's a lot going on cuz it's basically the story of uh it's kind of a almost a song about depression. I like I don't feel like that's reaching too much, but I also feel like it's reaching a bit. Yeah, but that's kind of the the beauty of poetry. You can you can kind of fudge a lot of it. Mm-hmm. It's just one day you wake up and you feel slightly disconnected from the world and you're wondering why that is. And that's literally the entire lyrical structure of this song. Yeah. But like the driving motion of the song just shows that like no matter what happens, no matter how empty you feel, light keeps going. You can't stop yeah. it. Which is, it's kind of a, and because it's not in like a minor key, it's still very a major song. It's still a pretty happy song. It kind of has like an optimistic tone because of that. Hmm. It, 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 you go like, okay, life's still going. So we can, we, I can make through it, whatever. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. 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 All right. Let's let's move on to track six, which uh, is another track I really liked. Hot water. Um. Yeah. It's also one of the most woke tracks on the album because <laughs> it's it's like uh, at least according to the genius synopsis, it's literally a song about how you put lops you put lobsters and you c- cook them by slowly killing them by slowly raising the temperature of the water, and that's how bad political shit happens. You do it slowly, you don't so people don't notice until it's too late. Yep. So we're all in hot water. It's a song about how fucked the world is right now. And this was pre-2016. Yeah, but they're Australian. Things may have been fucked there already. From what I hear, Australian politics have just always been fucked and are now expected to always be fucked. (laughs) Uh... Don't quote, don't come after me, Australian people. That's just what I've heard from a couple different Aussies I've listened to on YouTube before. Yeah, but like yeah. this song may also be kind of related to the Gizverse. I'm looking through. Oh, uh, because the the vomit line may be related to the the you know the robot thing that made itself so it eat so it could. And then it's puked and destroyed the universe. Oh yeah, there's uh, the line "eat up vomit." Oh, and on Genius, when you click on that line, it, it literally says maybe referring to the song "Vomit Cough" in a word of soy protein mute machine can't stop vomit. Yep. Hmm. Like this album is pretty heavily linked to the Gizverse, but it's like one of the more at arm's length members of the Gizverse albums. Because, like, some of the albums just go straight for, like, there are six wizards traveling the universe, and then there's a vulture made out of humans. Fantastic. Yeah. (laughs) Like... (laughs) This isn't the album, and it, it, and it's a different song completely. But there's a music video where all the metal band were in a giant vulture costume, and like Toku Satsu monsters tried to attack them, but they like fought them off in this giant dumb vulture costume. That sounds amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Let me let me get the uh, music video so I can give it to you for later viewing. Yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, I, I really like this one. The 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 frame on it is great. It's a really good earworm of just hot water, hot water. And yeah. uh, you know, I was wrong about empty. That the flute is also majorly involved in this one because the the flute's going off as they say hot water. Yeah. And it, like they ju- they're really good at knowing how to layer shit and make it work perfectly, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Uh, oh God, why am I so burpy? Because you're a burpy boy. Is it because I had a hamburger for dinner? I I don't know. Um, I don't know. But uh, while you're looking on that video, uh, um. 
I'm going to go ahead and move on to the next track, Am I in Heaven? Yeah. Which is... It is a it is another very very woke track that is clearly just it's very much about saving the environment. It's it's kind of like we're 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 fucking up the world and we need to fix it. Yeah. No. Again, but that's also kind of heavily related to the psychedelic hippie-ish nature of the band of how they yeah, kind of I go about. This- I think this track in particular may have been exactly where I got the idea that it was hippie music from, because again, this sounds like something that you that came out of the '60s, or at least you'd hear in a in a lesser known part of Woodstock. Yeah, like and considering that whole thing, rest just isn't a lyric you hear nowadays. Yeah, but like. They're kind of reviving that whole mindset because they have their whole own music festival that they put on every year in Australia. Mm. Um, and they're heavily associated with all that kind of stuff, and they're just bringing it up. And they're a fun psychedelic weird band, but they're like modern at the same time. Yeah. So uh, they are some crazy boys. <laughs> yep. You know what they're. Uh, their record label's called? Uh, is it Jaja Music? No, it's Flightless. Huh. Because they're heavily, like, they're Australian. Ostriches. Oh no, my emu. god. Oh Emus. my god. Oh my god! But, like, uh, yeah. It, it isn't human vultures, people vultures. Cool. Yeah. Um. The I don't know. Is do you have a lot to say with the uh, Am I in Heaven? Because like, all I all I can really say is the same kind of stuff I've said before. It's a really nice mixing. Got some good stuff going on. Am I the the refrain is great. Sticks in your mind pretty well. I. Hold on, give me like a half a second because my computer's being slow as balls and it's pissing me off. Okay. Like, I, because whenever we, uh, so I could actually accurately describe what I thought of the music and everything, I've been jumping back to the song so I can get the riff and everything, but now I can't load it up and it's pissing me off. Hmm. I, like, uh, I may need, like, after we've done recording this, to let me shut down for a few seconds and then bring all my stuff back up. Okay. Just so this shit doesn't keep happening. Hmm. Like, this is no good. This is no bueno. Yeah, I mean, like, especially for later on, because, like, to talk shop a little bit, we're recording... Episode three of MMWP next, and and you're in charge of that shit. Yeah. Also, the I got the I got the song bit these are some of those in present in the mix vocals 
Mm, yeah. Oftentimes the the um the vocals are very very down in the mix, so they kind of feel like instruments as well. But this one's Oh god lord. Try not to laugh. There we go. <sighs> <sighs> Why? I'm just gonna have to stop. I'm just gonna have to do some shit. Okay, I'll tell Craig to leave. And no, 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 like I can finish up this thing, but like I know what I can do to stop it. We're just, I just gotta do it. Hmm. We got like three songs in the end segments. Yeah, that's what I said. The end. Oh yeah, they're part of the ending segments. Okay. I hope I remember to cut this out. I probably won't. <laughs> it's fine. This is just us fumbling in the dark. It is. I'm sorry, people who are who have never watched our shit before and are fans of this band and just clicked on this podcast randomly. But uh, the next song, Slow Jam. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, this is this is good. Um kind of just feels like the thought process that goes through your head after a long day of work where you you come home and you just you plop yourself down in front of your uh, your TV, your computer, your mobile device whatever and just try and relax for a little bit. Yeah. If I smoked weed, this would be the song I smoke weed to. <laughs> you know what? Probably. It's just like nice, calm, relaxing. It has a completely different tone because they took all the fuzz. It's very clean guitar, very clean instrumentation. Yeah. So it just kind of like eases you into like a lazy river of sound. Yeah. And you know, it's it's fitting that it's called Slow Jam because it, it feels like a song you could slow dance to, you know? Oh, yeah. It's, it's a nice like button to the end of... Uh, Nice beginning of the button to the end of the album. Mm. And then we go into uh, Satan Speeds Up, which is uh, pretty much just another song about um, fixing the environment and how uh, everything's kind of fucked and like religion is kind of crazy as well because they have that line about... Every second, every minute, every hour, day, he's watching you, passing judgment to everybody you hold dear, which yep. nobody Chris, really agrees on. It's either a, it's either about God or it's a line about Satan. Yeah. Also, I think that slow jam song was the one I was thinking of Clapton. It may be her and I slow jam though. Oh. Also, the video for this one is kind of crazy and just feels, again, feels like something straight out of the 60s, where it's just them in weird costumes walking around the street at New York with some um, vintage-looking distortion effects on the video. What was that one movie starring Sean Connery in a mankini? I have no idea. Because this seems like music that would go perfectly over images like that.
you know, it's just very, it's like, it's very modern psychedelic because bef- yeah. before it was just a bu- uh, old psychedelic. It's very, very effects heavy to create a feeling of distortion, but this uses elements of modern musician craft and just like really good musicianship to add to that cool layer to it. So it's more than just, mm-hmm. you know? Also, I like how on the, uh, on the credits for this track on Genius, it says recorded at a secret location, Melbourne. <laughs> Melbourne. Like, uh, I'm pretty sure all the other tracks say they were recorded in Brooklyn, New York. Yeah. But, like, again, just top notch, good song. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a goodie. Um, I especially like that sort of downtone riff of, uh, oh, I might embarrass myself here, but it, it kind of says like, down, 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 down. It feels like almost something out of like an, an Egyptian type thing. Yeah, it's a very kind of Middle Eastern um, uh, scale. They love to play with scales. They don't. They typically don't stick to the standards. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have Her and I slash Slow Jam 2, which I I liked, but I didn't have a lot of thoughts in relation to. So I'm going to let you kind of just take the reins for this one. Yeah. It's kind of the more the most modern song on this album, because a lot of it's very throwback, fuzzy, psychedelic. But the the way they sing this, like, the best way to put it is... It's not modern modern. It's like one step modern from what they've been doing in terms of tone. Yeah. And it's a very, it's a kind of a very standard song. It's like a lot less psychedelic, great guitar, Hmm. you know? Yeah. uh... And it's just like another nice slow jam. Like it says, it's slow jam part two. Yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty decent. Um, so yeah, that that was that was uh, I'm in your mind fuzz, and I liked it. Uh, that this was a decent first exposure to this band, I'd say. I haven't gone and listened to anything else, uh, but I I definitely am intrigued. It definitely is something I want to look into, much like Ghost. Um, yeah, I still haven't listened to more ghost music, but I really like. I've listened to that album a few times over since then. Uh, Meliora was the name of the album you had me listen to, right? Yep. Uh, and I, I feel like I'll come back to this a few times, and eventually I will check out more albums by this band. <laughs> a lot of the albums are just very, very distinct in it of themselves, too. So. Mm. Yeah, King Gizzard, great band. I love them. Okay. Well, that was that was a pretty quick uh, main topic, but you know what can you do? Sometimes there's just not a lot to say except it good. So we're gonna go ahead and move on to uh, everybody's favorite segment of the show. It's time for fucked up fruit facts with Chris. Um, two, two, two. I'm trying to find a one I he haven't wasn't used prepared. I'm trying to find one I haven't used before. Oh, dear. 
Uh... Oh, Asajj orange fruits are used to repel cockroaches. What? Osage orange fruits are used to repel cockroaches. What yeah, I heard you, but how how is that done? By throwing it at them. <laughs> Probably the smell. Oh, yeah, okay, that wouldn't make sense. I was going to say, do you make, like, traps out of the skins or something? But, yeah, yeah, that makes much more sense than my explanation. Anyway. Good job. Good job. Um, Let's go ahead and move on to Q&A. And in case you didn't uh, hear in the last episode, we have moved Q&A to the uh, Modular Media subreddit. There's a whole thread for it that's pinned to the top of the subreddit. And we did actually get a question on that. Uh, we've only got one so far, but hey, we've got an actual question from an actual viewer, I actually assume. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and read it right now. This is from Destro Magnus. Um, he asks, what is the airspeed velocity of an unladen swallow? Well, it depends. Is it European or African? I'm going to assume he means European. I don't know where this guy's from. He could be African. I'm not I'm not being Oh my racist. god, you don't get the joke. Is this a joke? This is a joke. Oh, did, I thought he was being serious. It's Monty Python in the Holy Grail. Do you not remember? Do you know that? do you know this guy? Yes. That's Max on my Discord server. The guy with the Mega Man head. Oh, okay. Jesus Christ, I'm dense. <laughs> I somehow didn't recognize his name, and for a minute I thought it was somebody I know who's a huge Monty Python fan in disguise. Nope. See, I don't, I don't know very much Monty Python. I've seen bits and pieces. The joke is, and you never explain a joke because that just kills the joke, but the joke is, uh, because they couldn't afford horses, they used coconuts to make hoof sounds in the movie, and they used coconuts all, literally in the movie. And eventually a person asked, where did you get those coconuts? They don't naturally grow around here. And someone went, probably a swallow carried them. Yeah, but could a swallow carry, could a swallow carry that many coconuts? And it just becomes this really long, absurd conversation where someone eventually asks, what is the speed of an unladen swallow? It depends. It is, is it European or African? Well, Europeans are non-migratory birds. That, that sounds very Monty Python, if I'm to be honest, from the experiences of ha I've had with Monty Python. Do so I need to far. put Holy Grail on the list? All right, well, this is going to get me crucified in the comments, but yes, you do, because I haven't seen that movie, and I've always meant to. Well, uh, neat. I've just seen clips here and there of Monty Python online. I've not had a lot of experience with it. Like, the clips from Holy Grail that everybody uses in their That Guy with the Glasses style reviews, I have seen. And I've seen a few other things, like I've seen the, uh, uh, what is it, the Argument Booth? Seen oh, yeah. That? And a couple other things from the sh from the show, but uh, Monty Python is one of those geek things that I really need to to 
dive into at some point. All right, it's on the list now. All right, well, then I guess that moves us smoothly into uh, selecting what the next episode will be. Uh, so, Chris, are you ready to find out what we're going to be discussing next time on Analytical Fanboys? Sure. All right. We're going to get something weird. I, I, there's something in my gut that just tells me we're going to get something weird. Something tells me it's either going to be something I'm actually I put on the list, but I'm not that interested in discussing right now, or it's going to be something really off the wall from you. But let's find <laughs> out. That means that's like seventy five percent of the shit I put on. Oh my god, it is something weird. What is it? We're doing Grant Morrison's Animal Man rhyme. Phew! Yeah, that's going to be a thing and a half. Oh God! Yes, I have. This is one of those comic runs I have heard legends about. Ooh, and it, and like you put it on the list specifically when you heard I hadn't read it because it gets fucky and it's hilarious and amazing and wonderful. Mm. How many issues is it? I, I don't. I think it's only about like twenty. Okay, I can do that in a night. Though. Definitely done. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's certain issues and arcs within it that I want to talk about, specifically the coyote issue. Okay. You'll know it when you get to it. Okay. Um, <laughs> by the way, this will be my first experience with Animal Man. I've, n I've never read anything of that character. Animal Man is one of those characters that people constantly tell me, oh, the current run is great. You've got to check it out. And I'm like, I will in trade. And then I never do. Have you have you read anything Grant Morrison yet? I've read bits and pieces of his Batman. Like his his Bat Batman Incorporated was going on when I got into comics. Grant Morrison's a weird dude. I have been told that quite a few times. He's a chaos magician. Excellent. <laughs> like I love how you had no response to that. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's gonna uh, that's gonna do it for this episode of Analytical Fanboys. Um, Chris, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you on the internet? You can find me at uh, YouTube, Boingo Writer. Uh, just there's links in the description, right? Yeah. Uh, the link is there. Uh, watch my videos if you want or not. I don't care. Uh, Twitter. At They're good Blingo. videos. He's making them again. <laughs> um, in fact, I feel uh, like I'm your mom right now. I'm being like, you do yourself such a such a disservice. You're such a good YouTuber. You gotta promote yourself more. Um, uh, my last video is about SSSS Gridman. Uh, next video is about the Super Mario Brothers movie. Mm -hmm. And then video after that's probably another video about Jobby the Hong. Oh, boy. I don't know. Thanks. Uh, oh, follow boy. me on Twitter, boing, at boingo underscore writer. Um, I'm trying to think of other things. You can find me here on this podcast. Yeah. Um, that's about it. All right. I can think about well, then, uh, I am Simeon Scott. I go by the online persona of The Vacuuminator. 
You can follow the continuing saga of my stupid bullshit over on youtube.com slash thevacuuminator. Currently, Ranger T is taking control and hacked me out of the channel, and he's doing his own really bad, really dumb review show about all the episodes of Power Rangers that Tommy is in. And it's, it's terrible, and it's awful, and you shouldn't watch it, except I'm kidding, of course. I want those views. I want that AdSense money. Go watch those videos. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter. Uh, I talk about things and stuff, and I make shitty jokes, and I post to utter, I post other things I have made on there as well. Uh, I, I have a shoot channel now. I have an official channel for, for shooting, for, for being not canon vacuuminator. Uh, it's called Simeon Scott. It doesn't have an actual good... Uh, link to it yet because it's not over 100 subscribers but uh you can find it pretty easy i'm sure um i'm re-uploading a bunch of old content from the vacuuminator there that i took off because it, it's not in, in canon with the story uh so if if you're looking for my old unscripted reviews which people have asked about a few times you, you can find those there in in the near future um and uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. So uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, Analytical Fanboys is, of course, a production of Modular Media. To get every episode as it comes out, you can go ahead and subscribe to us right here on youtube.com slash modular media. Um, you can uh, download episodes of the podcast as MP3s to listen to it on the go if you don't have that uh, slick new fresh youtube premium subscription except it's not exactly new and fresh at this point um there is a link to a google drive folder in the description uh you can follow us on twitter that's at the modular media that'll give you updates on the podcast as soon as we have them you can fall you can subscribe to the subreddit which i believe is just r slash modular media and uh that's where you post questions for the podcast that's where you can uh, talk to us and keep up with all our creations and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. So we will see you on the next episode of Analytical Fanboys, where we will be discussing Grant Morrison's run on Animal Man. And until uh, it's then, twenty six issues. Twenty six issues is twenty six issue run on Animal Man. And uh, until then, I'm uh, Simeon the Vacuuminator Scott. I'm me. Yeah. And we are we are we are in your mind, but we're not in your mind, but we are in your mind, bugs. Yep, yep. See you next time.